Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put out important news. With us today for the first time, we're excited to have him. He's Tim Bieber, CEO of Fantasy 360 Technologies, trades on the CSC under the stock symbol VRAR, and that's pretty much a brand new listing. Uh, so a lot of you are going to be watching and hearing from the company for the first time. Here's how you need to understand it and why you're going to have a lot of fun on this. All right, This is the way I describe it. Have you ever wanted to feel what it's like to enter a whole new world, uh, you know, soaring through galaxies, blasting spaceships with your friends? Uh, Fantasy 360 Technologies is building entire virtual reality worlds inside shipping containers, amongst other things, that become immersive theme parks. And the company refers to it as a theme park in a container because of its modular and mobile container-based system. Uh, more than just lip service, the company's got a proven track record its first four years. It's on about $5.5 million in revenues. They've deployed over 60 interactive experiences around the world with the likes of Intel, Capital One, Scotiabank, Snickers, even the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. And 2020, 2021 is looking great. The company is expecting a flood of orders. Uh, and and uh, and this is where the, it's going to be the world's first deployable multiplayer VR shipping container. The company's timing is perfect because the virtual reality, augmented reality market looks like it's going to grow from $150 billion this year to $1.5 trillion by 2030. Tim, welcome to the show, my friend. Nice. Yes. Thanks for having me. And good intro. I, I don't think I could have said that better myself. You probably could have, but that's my forte, which is to take really great companies like you guys and turn it into, I mean, that's an easy message for me to, that's a walk in the park and yeah, that's nice, a credit good. to you yeah. guys for what you're doing. Before we dive into the company and uh, the, the press we've talked about today, this $4.8 million LOI, let's first help investors at home visualize this with this 60 second video and then be right back to talk about it. Yeah, let's blow some minds. Okay, Tim, that looks incredible. All right? I've seen that video before, but every time I see it, it still blows me away. Is uncontained virtual reality the, going to be the new theme park? 100%. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the platform of a shipping, shipping container is just a brilliant base. You can't get anything easier as a scalable platform. And then what's amazing about it is that everything that we build inside it's all cookie cutter. So once you once we put in frame in the walls, 
all the wiring, all the um, haptic feedback props, everything, the consoles of people grabbing and touching, it's all built into it in our assembly facility, quality controlled before it gets out the door. So then it's literally a plug and play, uh, ships in a box, shows up in a box, stays in a box, you plug it in, you're operating it next day as an operator, and it's working flawlessly because we've made sure of that before it leaves. So it's, it's really a game changer in this industry. But what isn't cookie cutter uh, are, is the amount of variety and the games that you can put through these, which is what I love. Like I grew up, I'm over 50 years old, I'm dating myself. I went to theme parks, they're great. But the one thing about theme parks is once you've been there once, I mean, how many times are you gonna go to Disney? Every three, four years, right? Where, because it's the same rides and yeah, I know they're trying to make changes now, but with Uncontained, it's limitless, right? As to how many different experiences you can provide to, to players at, at any given time. Yeah, so as, as an efficient platform, just in its footprint and its cost of, of ownership, it, uh, it, it, it's a much cheaper option for a, for a theme park, for a family entertainment center. If you were looking at, at you know, a much more expensive mid-scale attraction or a large-scale attraction, you're into the millions, the multi-millions, which is just a big risk, a much bigger footprint. So this thing taking up five parking spots is a brilliant option and then yeah you're right it becomes it's a content play so content you know we can create these containers at scale we can deliver them at scale we can have a network and a platform out there at scale but then what's even easier is creating the game content um, and with you know you alluded to this synthesis acquisition that just makes it that much easier for us to have a lot of content out of the gate who's the target market you you mentioned their family entertainment centers I mean, I would love to plop one of these on my driveway uh, and just charge kids for it all day long. But who's your target market? And more importantly, Tim, what's the early response been to, to Uncontained? Yeah, totally. I mean, I'll, I'll sell you one. You can put it right beside your little bouncy castle and uh, you'll, be, you'll be the talk of your neighborhood. But the, uh, the, the, the laser-focused target market is in the U.S., family entertainment centers, FECs for short. Uh, there's 897 of them that operate operate in the U.S. at large scale. So these are these are uh, you know facilities that here in Canada we're not as familiar with, 50 to 100,000 square feet in some cases, right. large chains, and they're constantly looking for what's new. And what's new right now is multiplayer VR, and the buzzword is social social experience VR. So you bring your friends together, you get out of the house, you have. You know, in a lot of these FECs, they've got a, a restaurant and a bar. So you go, you have a beer, you hang out with your friends. It's a social experience and you get the latest and greatest experience that's out there, which is what these FECs need to do to stay relevant. And there's nothing, nothing more magical than VR experiences. We're just taking it to a whole other level. And with the experience that we've had in putting props and physical effects that fire at different points in the game, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a no brainer for us. So we're taking that VR experience to a whole other level where it's not virtual. So that's, you know, that kind of answers that question on, on target market. And then the, what's the response been Tim so yeah. far, like when you call up George Calm family entertainment centers, and I've got, you know, 15 of these across the Southwestern U S or something like that, what kind of response are you getting to, to it? Yeah, so the, the, the response is incredible. Uh, right now, we've got um, one LOI, LOI that we can talk about. Uh, we closed 
quite early actually we we um had a, a family entertainment center they're they're focused actually as a go-kart indoor go-kart track and and they're turning it into more of an fec with arcade and ropes course and all kinds of additional stuff including vr obviously so they're called autobahn and um they'll be our first client that one launches with them in at their Chicago location, November one. But then, you know, we're looking at a number of other LOIs. I just can't obviously at this point disclose until we've made them public. Uh, but these are, you know, three, four, five times the size, the size of this LOI, which was for 10 and the first unit delivering November one. So we're really, um, you know, we're in a, it's a good problem to have where we're really just scrambling to build, to scale up our, scale up our, our um, manufacturing facility, our assembly facility, our team to really handle this demand because it's, to be honest, it's been, it's been quite overwhelming the response that we've been getting. Okay, well, that's what I ask. What's their response? And the answer basically is overwhelming. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. That, that, that's right. By the way, are you allowed to share with investors? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's proprietary of the business, but ballpark, because I guess like cars, not, they're not all the same. They may come with some different options. But ballpark, are you able to tell investors what uh, what one of the containers uh, goes for price wise? Yeah, the, the uh, I mean we're we're not being I mean we're 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 somewhat being secretive about the about what's going into them and kind of stealth mode until we actually launch um, launch the first one in in Vancouver on October eighth actually, and then the first client one November one. The the cost of these things are three hundred thousand dollars. That's our you know if you bring up the car analogy, let's call that the Cadillac version. That's the one that's got absolutely everything in it. Okay. Um, and then and then they and then they kind of go down from there for for um, clients that want to have a, a you know a smaller scale or a mobile version. The ones that are going to be more permanent version. Um, or in that in that price range of 300k but what's more important is the payback period so the cost of it I mean that's that's a low cost for an attra mid-scale attraction of this caliber the so that's you know that's one that's one important thing the second important thing is that based on ticket price uh, industry average throughput uh, and the cost of the container this thing has a payback period in a, in a year so that's an ROI for wow. the operator in a year so if it's within 12 to 24 months, you know, check mark, it's a win for the for the operator. And, you know, I'm, of course, they care about the, the, the upfront capex of the thing. But really, if it pays back and has an ROI in 12 months, that's kind of an unheard of thing. Um, and that's and that's at a really low ticket price as well. That's it. We're 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 um, we're at 25 bucks ahead. Which okay, I was about to ask you that. Is that having some outrageous price tag, a hundred bucks? Exactly. You're not going to get that. No, that would blow the numbers out. But at twenty-five bucks, I mean, I'm taking my kids there all day long. Yeah, exactly. So that's you know, uh, as I kind of continue to say, scale for us to hit scale with this thing and scale of users, players, uh, it's got to be a reasonable price point. So then it becomes more of a volume game. It's a volume game in us getting these containers out there as our immersive entertainment platform. We want to see these things as a platform out there. And then we want to have people in there using them. So if the ticket price is lower, then it, it, it just really means that you can get a lot more people in and you can win based on volume. Um, so, you know, at, at, at comparative, uh, you know, anywhere from 50 to 100 and 100 plus for some experiences that frankly aren't to this level of hyper immersion with all of the haptic feedback, all of the physical effects in our immersive environment, 
we're you know a quarter of the price so that's a massive win yeah and the attraction itself is at an at a, at a, at a um you know a, a, i wouldn't call it a fraction of the price uh because you know there we'd be comparing apples to oranges but you know a lower cost attraction with a fraction of the price for a ticket sale and a, a you know a a boatload of demand that we're creating on the consumer side where people want in this thing. Devil's advocate. I can almost hear or feel people who are watching and listening saying, hold on though. I watched that video. It's an awesome video, but it is a container that we do. We are in a, a COVID environment yeah. really quickly. I know the answer to that, but uh, give people the assurance as well that you've already taken that into account. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're, we're, um, we're, we're literally stockpiling these things um, as we, um, so we use a 40 foot and a high cube shipping container, which is a little bit more of an oddball. Most shipping containers, uh, the bulk are 20 foot. Those are a little bit easier to get the 40 foot, a little bit more difficult Then we're using a high cube, which has a higher, a higher ceiling to it. Uh, the good thing actually with the, with the high cube is it's not standard for, for shipping. It's a little bit more standard for custom executions. Uh, you know, sales centers, construction offices, things like that. So that's made it actually a little bit easier for us to um, find supply of these. And we're stockpiling them. Any other, you know, we've all been hearing about chip shortages. We have a lot of computers and headsets. Um, so we're, we're, you know, we're, we're making sure instead of being in a just-in-time inventory system, we're making sure to handle this demand that we're going to have all the inventory that we need to be able to churn these things out rapidly. And the second COVID, because that's great, because we know that there's a problem with 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 this around the world, man. So that's awesome. The second part is, in terms of player safety, uh, you've all, you've also got that figured out as well in terms of uh, being COVID friendly when you're actually using the headsets. And so, talk to us a little bit about that, because I love how you guys have figured that out. Yeah. Um... So they, you know, there, there's the standard standard protocols um, of of you know. Uh, group sizes. So one of the big important things, we'll start from the top, it's outdoor. So with a lot of restrictions, oftentimes outdoor did not um, did not see the same restrictions. Outdoor also means that you're not necessarily going inside the facility, grabbing the door, opening it, touching all the arcade buttons and things that are inside of a facility. So if somebody was was much more sensitive, it's the book it's just their group. They're not, there's no singles line where somebody else goes in with them. Um, it's an outdoor attraction. They don't have to touch anything if they don't, if they don't want to. The effects that they're touching inside, they're all, uh, I mean, obviously that's going to be something that's, that's, that's clean. So standard protocols there are just cleaning between people. But then the headsets themselves, we have UV clean boxes where the headsets between people oh, takes a minute and those headsets are, are sanitized by UV there's also a, a mask that goes between your face and the headset itself. So there's not actually any contact with the mask. Oh, that's, that's something people are sensitive about. And then on the inside of the container, we have a UV, um, it, it uses a wavelength of 222 nanometer. I'm going to sound like I know what I'm talking about, but I, but I don't. <laughs> hey, um, it sounds like it kills everything. That's but all. It, yeah. But it's a, but it's a safe, it's a safe wavelength that it, it's uh, actually come out of UBC it's a really, really cool and innovative new product, um, but basically it's safe for human skin, so you could be in there. So with the, the clean box, for instance, that cleans the headsets, you can't stick your head in there. You just stick the, you stick the, the headset in, uh, but with this 
two, but two, if you're two, someone yeah, wants yeah. to stick your head in there, maybe it should do something to you because <laughs> you're asking for it. Maybe, exactly. So with this, with this 222 nanometer wavelength, it's, it's safe for that, that um, human exposure so that right. when you're in there, it's basically, and, and with their studies and what they're finding is that it's effective against, against the COVID virus that's floating around in there. So it's, it's disinfecting surfaces, it's disinfecting the air while you're in there. So that's a really important thing. And whether COVID sticks around or not, uh, you know, people are just going to be much more germ aware. Uh, I mean, COVID's going to going to stick around, but um, it's just, I think it's important for us to think through those things. We're, we're not just thinking about a fun attraction. We're thinking about the safety of the guests. And your customers are going to ask anyway. So I figured, hey, why not us yeah. shareholders ask you as well? So responses, overwhelming, uh, you've got supply figured out. You've got safety figured out. Obviously, that's probably why supply, why response is overwhelming. Let's talk a little bit more about the target market and then this acquisition. Target yeah. market, you mentioned earlier, about 900 family entertainment centers around the U.S. Um, you know, assuming you get to your reasonable penetration of that, whatever your numbers might be, 10%, 20%, whatever you think internally, uh, how, long, you know, how long until you can really penetrate that market to the point that you're happy? And then after that, are you just going around the world or do you start right now by saying, hey, we're willing to serve Germany and Japan and Australia or whatever, or are you just strictly focusing on the U.S. for your, for your initial growth? Yeah, we'll focus on the U.S. So let, I mean, let's start with FECs at, you know, let's call it 900. Um, the, the goal that we have over the next two years is to, is to uh, do 100, 100 units that will build this immersive entertainment platform. That we're that we're calling it and creating, um, that that we also feel is the tipping point where once we've got a hundred out there and it's an interconnected network where people are playing live against each other, a leaderboard. There's just you know that's that's now hundreds of thousands of of, of game plays. So that tipping point and owning our home market, which we'll call the U.S., uh, allows us then to really take flight in other markets. And one of, the, one of the important guys to note on our team, on our board is Alvin Graylin, who is the HTC China president. HTC is the main manufacturer of the, you know, the, the kind of the gold standard of VR headsets, the highest quality, um, the, the highest penetration in this location-based VR space. Uh, so he's he's obviously stationed in China. He's already got pent up demand from some conversations that he's started for us already. So that might be that might be one market. I mean, that Asian market for VR is um, is you know puts the North American market to shame uh, as far as as far as just standard standard use. So that's you know, probably I don't the think there's market. a market in the world that won't have amazing demand for this. Not just because it's fun. You got places like America and China that are very virtual reality friendly. Uh, yeah. But then you might have you might even have disparate parts of the world where they don't have massive theme parks and things like this, and this is the solution at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I see this as a potentially global phenomenon. That's me speaking. I, I know it's not you speaking, but you know, is there a part of the world that wouldn't be touched by by uncontained? No, not not at all. I mean, every everybody, uh, you, you know, you look the world over and you'll find some some kind of uh, small outdoor theme park you'll find a water park, you'll find an arcade, you'll find a bowling alley, you'll find a casino that has an arcade. Uh, you know, the, the, the options are limitless, a cruise ship. You know, we're talking to, we're talking to resorts right now that are, and we've, um, uh, you know, some of these I can't go into detail, but 
rooftop patio bars and rooftop patio entertainment kind of um, venue solutions. Yeah. So lifting, lifting this thing with a crane, I mean, that's how it gets moved around is craned around. So whether you lift it, you know, three feet onto a vehicle or you lift it 300 feet up into onto the, onto a rooftop, you know, it really doesn't make any difference. And we've, we've already specced this out. We know we can based on this very large, um, very large hotel. So anyway, the, the, the options are really quite limitless. We're getting demand every day from, from markets, uh, a lot from Europe, uh, a lot from Australia. Um, but I, you know, to be honest, I'm kind of, I'm really holding off on that so that I know that we can, uh, meet the demand and the supply of what the American market. Wow, the that's, American a great, market. that's a great problem to have. You've got demand coming in from over there. Yeah. Well, you want to, you want to hit that first hundred number yeah. here. Yeah. yeah I but can even see a, it is a shipping thing. container, so we could ship it anywhere. Yeah. That, that's, and I mean, at one point I can see it being outside grocery stores, parents got to go shopping and a grocery store has got in their parking lot, takes up five parking spots. Like I said, kids go out there and play and we'll be, we'll come back and get you. It's, so could this be the new, the new uh, little like quarter horse. <laughs> uh, you got, you can picture me, right? With the hat on little punchy kid. It's a little race. It's exactly it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that's exactly it. But the point is limitless. And all the, even though we're having great fun with this, it's amazing as to, you know, the paradigm shift that I think you guys are going to bring to, to the whole yeah. theme park world, family entertainment center acquisition. $4.8 million LOI to acquire synthesis uh, VR. And if they hit their milestones, that could go as high as 9.8 million. Let's just call it 10 over the next couple of years. So this is obviously an important acquisition uh, for you. What is synthesis VR? Why is it important to uh, Fantasy 360? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's I think what's really exciting, so we're fresh, Fresh on the market, obviously, we can now use our stock as currency. And what we've proved is that companies in our space are extremely excited to latch onto a bigger story and take our stock as currency, which is amazing. And, and with that deal, it's only a half a million in cash. So it's quite efficient for us, uh, you know, the use of proceeds of our last round, how we can use next round and do acquisitions going forward. Um, that's, I think that's a really important thing to note. Synthesis is the second largest worldwide content store of, of location-based VR games. Uh, so there's, there's a difference, there's a difference between your standard VR game that you play at home versus a game that you would play in a facility. Um, but, but, you know, kind of minutia detail, but, but anyway, they're, they've got, they've got over 300 games in their catalog and also over 300 locations that use their software and access license the content from all these third-party developers. So what this basically does for us is it, you know, one, it gets us another, diversifies our product offering. Two, as I've said, creating an immersive entertainment platform. Um, they, out of the gate, have an immersive entertainment platform with 300 locations and 300 games. Um, Those locations are using their software to power uh, every one of the VR headsets that's being used in that in, 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 in instances in their facility. The third thing is that that software and that technology is now going to be used as our OS that controls uh, all of our network of containers and they remotely manage all 300 of those locations 
uh, and you know payment processing, booking everything. So then it just means it just means a massive cost savings for us in not having to create that. And given that they remotely manage all of those locations, when we're now talking about an interconnected network of even our base goal of the 100, now we've got a remote management, uh, remote device management solution where we can um, tap in to those containers. It can also save operators money where they need less staff to run them because we have a command center that runs, you know, loads up the game they want. Uh, the security cameras that are in there, which kind of give them hints or tell them, you know, don't rip that off the wall. That can all be monitored centrally. Um, and then the game. You can find out where I'm playing, lock me in. It, totally, exactly. Just make it much, make it much easier for the operator. Um, but then, but then we can also do uh, a leaderboard. So once we're keeping score with all of our games, you'll see a global leaderboard. This is all stuff that they've been doing since 2016. They frankly were the very first company to create the very first free roam VR arcade in, in I'm pretty sure the world, for sure North America in LA. They've been at this longer than anybody has. Uh, and, so and can I give some numbers? Week. Can I give some numbers, Tim, from the press release? Because I thought this is unbelievable. Yeah. So far in 2021, and I'm reading off the press release, so far in 2021 alone, so we're midway through September, uh, the Synthesis VR global community has already logged over 10 million, 10 million minutes of gameplay, over 600,000 booking reservations across its global network of 300 plus operator centers and, and over 130,000 active users. Congratulations, it's just an amazing, yeah. uh, an amazing acquisition. Yeah, so they're, you know, they're, um, they're a, you know, a cash machine with a small, smart team uh, that immediately out of the gate, as I'm saying, turns, turns this company into an immersive entertainment platform. So we, we uh, are, are right now, uh, you know, probably in the top five where no one's really even heard of us. We've just, we've just recently gone down this road of launching, launching this uncontained product, but now we're, we're immediately in the top five largest VR location-based VR in the out-of-home entertainment industry companies out there. This is a huge, huge step for us. We're so excited to welcome them into our team. There's so much more than what I'm even, even describing here of what they- For sure, do. yeah. And, and at one point, we'll probably have them on when the acquisitions close and really go just do a deeper dive just on them alone. Yeah. Last question I want to ask you. There's a lot of talk about what we call the metaverse. Yeah. Which a lot of people ask me, what's the metaverse? I basically say it's the matrix. I'll just, that's something for easy for you to understand. Um, when I, when I, when I watched the video and everyone watched the video at the beginning, you see at one point there were players and then they kind of morph into avatars uh, quickly there during the video. People noticed that what, you know, what is the metaverse to you and how made it potentially fit into the business? Because NFTs and all that are all going into the metaverse. I'm just curious as to whether you guys have any initial plans to go that way as well. Yeah, no, I mean, that is, so this is, this is extremely important. So what people are investing in right now is our immersive entertainment platform, our, 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 our company to grow the scale of these containers. That's the tangible right now, how we make money, sell these containers, right. license out our games. Um, you know, it's a lucrative business, but it's, uh, and, and yes, we're creating a blue ocean in creating a product that no one's ever seen before, but our end game, which we're starting today, so our parallel game, 
is um, we're creating a physical portal to the metaverse. And the metaverse is, 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 is it's, a, it's a complicated thing, obviously, but you can very easily boil it down. And I use the language of our board member, Kathy Hackle, who she is literally, quote unquote, um, known as the godmother of the metaverse. She is bar none the, 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 the person that's kind of leading, leading what this metaverse is. She's been talking about it for a decade. Uh, 60 Minutes just had her on their show to interview her to say what is the metaverse. But basically, it's a convergence of the physical self and a virtual self. So you, you kind of nailed it there with the avatar and where you see, you see you know, the live person, I step in. And then all of a sudden, I'm this really cool avatar. So what's happening in the space right now is that uh, you know there's a lot of different metaverse metaverse games that are out there. But what will be is a physical layer of that metaverse, and uh, and and provide people an opportunity to get out of their homes and have you know a, a Fortnite experience times times a thousand because they're smelling, they're feeling, they're touching, they're doing everything. And all of those games that are right now, um, you know, big leading the charge kind of as, as it were in the metaverse, we'll incorporate, we'll incorporate those games uh, and, and, you know, we'll be that physical layer into that metaverse because the, the metaverse is exploding. Did you hear uh, on Fortnite, uh, the concert that happened last of April? Of course, of course. So yeah, Travis Scott. That was a blow away. Uh, I, I was, I, we actually watched that because my kids were Fortnite players at the time and we watched it. It was unbelievable. Yeah, 12 million. I think it was 12, almost 12 and a half million people live watching a nine minute concert. And I, I looked it up. I looked it up uh, recently because I wanted to see just how lucrative this was for Travis Scott. In that nine minutes, he made $20 million on the fee that they paid him wow. and then selling merch. That's in the history of concerts, never happened in size, in revenue. So 12, and to put that into context, I also then looked it up. The, the, the previously, the largest free concert that was ever, that was ever done uh, was in 1994. Rod Stewart did a concert in, in Rio de Janeiro at, um, and it was three and a half or 3.5 million. So this is four times. And obviously that's the, you know, the power of, of a, of a metaverse community, which is virtual and worldwide, we're talking scales beyond what any of our old guy brains can even really compute. It's just, it's, it's, it's gotten away on us and we need to really, the world needs to really understand what this metaverse concept I'm is. I'm telling people you can make fun of it or you can accept it, that it's here and you can profit from it. And I'm going to get maybe a little techno geeky as we end this up, but uh, I look forward to a time where, look, there are tons of NFTs like the Board Ape Yacht Club and Pixel Vault and, and you know, uh, cyberpunks and all that. Uh, most people don't even understand what I'm saying right now, but there are massive NFTs uh, that will give access to the metaverse. I look forward to the possibility one day of you striking a deal with these different groups and saying, hey, George, you can put your Board Ape Yacht Club, you know, avatar on you and enter uh, our games with your avatar and, uh, and, and, and have all sports, all sorts of special yeah. missions, pricing, utility yeah. access. Uh, that's a whole other world. We'll just leave it there. Maybe we'll have Kathy on next time with you. And we'll talk about that. 100%, because, because yeah, like you, that's the matrix. That's, 
that's a great place to leave it as a teaser, but I'll, you know, I'll, I'll say and I'll end that this is exactly what we're doing now. So as, as I'm sort of saying in this parallel track, us creating this immersive entertainment platform that's, you know, we can make money now. VR, VR is leading the charge in metaverse because it's, you know, you brought up the matrix. I usually draw the parallel to Ready Player One, the movie. Right. Um, you know, that was all in VR. Uh, being able to paint a, paint a virtual metaverse picture in VR, you know, being being in a VR world like that, um, that's probably the that's probably the easiest parallel. But that that character that you create is what we're creating right now with with um, a, a, an entity that does this across across right now almost 500 games. So the the things are moving fast in this world. Things are moving fast for us, and there's a lot of um, a lot of things that I'll be looking forward to share next time we talk. Well, the great thing about that, Tim, is for most people, it's moving way too fast. They can't wrap their mind around it. They really don't. And I don't blame them. You've got vehicles like Fantasy 360 uh, in order to help them uh, you know, participate in it, grow from it. And you're part of the Victory Square family. Uh, so it's just a great, a great place to get uh, uh, exposure to that as well. Thanks a lot for joining us. Really appreciate it. Can't wait to have you back, my friend. Yeah, nice. Yeah, appreciate your time. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, or your favorite podcast platform. To Tim Bieber, he's CEO of Fantasy 360 Technologies, pretty much a brand new listing on the CSC, trades on the stock symbol VRAR. We know there's a lot for you guys to absorb here, and it's both cutting edge, but not the easiest thing to understand because it's so brand new. We're, we're going to help you with that. Stage one. Get to the company's profile page on Agoracom. We've got all of this neatly laid out in layman's terms, great videos and visuals so you can understand what the company does. Then from there, part two of your due diligence, you can see it right above, Tim. Head over to immersivetech.co. Do your deep dive due diligence. Guys, the company's already had a track record of success. You've heard Tim tell your response is overwhelming already. You got to do your due diligence because if you love VR, then you got to find out, you got to decide for yourself uh, how fast, uh, how big Fantasy 360 is going to grow inside that market. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this video is over, but don't forget to help your company by liking it and even leaving a comment below. And then don't forget to help yourself by subscribing to our channel and never missing another great Agoracom small cap video.